Welcome to Q&A session two of five related to episodes six through nine of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast. We are continuing to cover the top 20 lessons learned to over 20 years of providing holistic management consulting and professional coaching. The question of the day, did you see Usher's 2024 chest at the Super Bowl 58? If we could all get those results from holistic living, would it be worth it? The next question, can we bring ourselves to believe that we can achieve this level of success by focusing on the rewards and choosing to believe that we can? Change and making adjustments can be terrifying, but Usher and others survived and look at his amazing results. His success in this area of life not only made him physically better, but more marketable as well. I imagine those muscles equal money. Didn't he look like he could have been on the next draft pick for the Chiefs or the 49ers? As you will hear shortly, I'm glad to know that Usher and I share a common nutritional approach. While my abs are not as beautiful as his are, I will say I have benefited from the program. And let me introduce you to today's guest, who also had his different yet beneficial journey of managing and being proactive with his health. Just like Usher, he is a grand success that we can all learn something from. So stay tuned and listen in, and I hope you enjoy his conversation. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Daryl Miller. I'm so excited to have you as my guest today on the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast, featuring your host, Pamela Ramos-Brown of Be Wealthy with Pamela, LLC. So thank you so much for being here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the invite, Pamela. (laughs) Well, Daryl, please uh, introduce yourself and let our guests know um, who you are and where you are sharing your story from. Okay, sure. Thank you, Pamela. So uh, my name is uh, Daryl Miller. I currently reside in um, Ashburn, Virginia. And I uh, have, I guess, many different things that I probably want to share with everyone today. (laughs) Uh, One, and, and the most important, I guess, would be uh, what I recently went through, and uh, which is a kidney transplant. And I know that there are a lot of people out there um, who have uh, who have renal disease. Some are aware, some are not. Uh, but for the ones who are definitely aware, um, I have some information that uh, hopefully we can you know uh, share with you today, and uh, and hopefully it'll be beneficial to at least someone out there. I'm pretty sure that it will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I thank you so much. And um, I was so excited to hear your enthusiasm for sharing the information. Um, And the thing that stayed with me is that you really felt that sharing this information could be helpful to possibly saving somebody's life. And so how often do we get a chance to help save somebody's life? That's really wonderful. Yes, thank you, Pam. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to it as well. I um, it, you know, I know you hear these cliches all the time, but for me, 
I truly believe that this is a mission from God, right? To share, to share my story is, uh, is once again, I, I just have it in my heart that um, someone will benefit from this. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, one of the reasons too, that I'm interested in um, hearing your story and helping you to share it is, um, as you know, with the, um, when I, the Holistic Wealth Podcast, um, the reason why I use the word holistic now is because as my years as a management consultant, I focused on helping people with their business and just helping them to grow and manage and, you know, try to be successful. And so one of the things I learned over those years is that people generally have life issues that go on during the same time that they're running their business. And those life issues have been some of the things that have made a difference in how successful their business is. It makes a difference while they're running their business. And I've learned that it makes a tremendous difference when they are planning to, you know, uh, exit their business. Because um, oftentimes those issues with, you know, family members, uh, taking over the business or a spouse, maybe they're going through a divorce or have gone through a divorce or relationship issues with their business partners. But then a lot of times it has to do with their health because they really didn't, you know, uh, have the opportunity to kind of run their business as long as they thought that they would so that they could, you know, finish on a good note go and enjoy all of the fruits of their labor. And so that's why it's so important for people to, you know, be able to take care of their health as best as possible and as soon as possible. So I'm really excited about you sharing some of the things that you're sharing today. So I wanted to ask you, how long have you been, uh, I think you, uh, well, I know you're with the federal government and I don't know if that's the only employer that you've had, but how long have you been with the federal government? It's been, uh, it'll be exactly 15 years uh, this coming June. Right? Oh, my goodness. And, and time, time flies. It seems like I just joined <laughs> yesterday. Yes. Uh, prior, yeah, prior to that, I was um, exclusively in the private sector. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm one of these um, IT, telecommunications, you know, software engineering geeks. I've, um, oh, yes. I have uh, roughly about 37 years of experience in total, including my experiences at the federal government. Yes. Uh, you name it, I've done it. I mean, okay. every job, every job under the moon, uh, from, <laughs> you know, from uh, a person who makes cables and routes cables and connect mm -hmm. computers physically to a person who's been a, a senior engineer, chief engineer, mm. um, as well as a, a deputy CIO for a federal agency. So yes. it's, um, you have a, have a lot of experiences there professionally. Okay. Well, wonderful. Yes. I mean, you're in the field that is just keep getting stronger and better and more creative and exciting all of the time. So it is, Pam, I tell you, and it changes so quickly, you know, mm -hmm. it's, um, when you think about people who are in the medical profession yeah. and you know, they have to you know constantly go to get recertified or new information for the new technologies and treatments mm -hmm. and things that are coming out, especially the medicines, right. That are coming out. They always have to kind of be on board or knowledgeable about, you know, the, the latest and greatest trends and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And it's it's probably just as bad in the IT area. Mm. It's uh, you know technology changes so quickly, so you yeah. find yourself you know if not recertifying, at least reading up one of the latest and greatest things, so that uh, you don't become a dinosaur, right? So you kind yeah. of stay in tune. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I wanted to know, because um, since you have this firsthand experience of um, having a wonderful career and also having a significant illness, could you tell us how one has affected the other? How has, you know, has your job, you know, been any level of stress or anything or long hours, you know, that may have uh, contributed to your job? Uh, or has your illness, you know, had any impact on your career or has your illness uh, or has your career been on the flip side of things where, you know, it has been good to you that you've been able to actually benefit from being in the career you're in to, you know, have the level of uh, health care and, uh, you know, prevention and things like that, that, that you needed. So tell us about yeah. Pamela, that's that's a wonderful question to tell you. It's, you know, I think I think back to, you know, we we try, especially as men, right? We try mm -hmm. to have this strong, you know, uh mindset uh and, and level of confidence about ourselves. And we don't really want to show weakness or vulnerability mm -hmm. to others. That's just kind of how we're wired. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think about what you said a few moments ago uh, regarding a healthy business and mm -hmm. how it really kind of directly correlates to. Uh, a healthy mindset and a healthy physical body, if you will. Yes. And I think that the two definitely, you know, tie together. You know, if, uh, if a person is is physically fit, if a person is is mentally strong, uh, doesn't have a lot of illnesses or distractions, if you will, in that area, then, you know, I would think, you know, it seems it seems logical that their businesses would kind of correlate to that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if they have one, they have more time, uh -huh. two, they have more energy. And uh, and three, they're more focused, right? You know, probably a few other things come into play there too. Mm -hmm. And for me, same or something very similar, you know. But you know, as much as I hate to admit that it had a negative impact, my health it did, right? Whether or not whether I want to admit it or not, you know, I found myself, you know, becoming, you know, I'm a very go-getting, you know, um, very proactive, not reactive type person, mm -hmm. and I try to stay in that mindset. But I also find myself being very careful about the level of stress that I brought upon myself because mm -hmm. of my health situation. Yeah. Uh, so I may not have been as aggressive as I probably should have with going after more high visibility positions because I wanted something that was a little bit more low key because I knew at some point that I would have to have, you know, this procedure mm -hmm. and having this procedure, I could be out for, you know, two to three to four, maybe even five months, right. Depending on how things go. Yes. And uh didn't want to put myself, you know, at in risk of, you know, getting laid off or using my losing my job or something, mm -hmm. you know, by not being able to perform. Yes. So once as much as I like to admit it or hate to admit it, it's it has had an impact on me. Okay. Uh but um I have strong religious beliefs and I always knew that I would be able to get through this with the help of God. And um, obviously, I still have a long ways to go. I have had my surgery. I had it um, roughly a uh, month and a half ago. Uh, but um, but uh, I'm doing exceptionally well at this time. Wonderful. And, um, and I know that I have a lot of information to share with, with others who might also be experiencing something, you know, some complexities with, uh, with renal health. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, I just want you to know that you are not alone. Um, I think I may have shared just a tiny bit of information with you about um, some of the uh, medical professionals that I 
follow, you know, I'm definitely not an expert in any kind of way. I just have a few favorites. And one of my favorites is uh, Dr. Gundry. And one of the things I learned about him is that um, he also served as the uh, doctor for one of my other favorites, uh, persons, which is uh, Tony Robbins. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Tony Robbins, um, he was uh, actually, from my understanding, in renal fa failure. And um, it was a, it's an interesting story about how it goes because he kind of, he, he got sick and then Dr. Gunger helped him. He got sick again and they eventually kind of figured out what was going on and why he kept getting himself in that situation. But uh, Dr. Gunger was able to kind of help him. And, um, and it's a lot of people that are particularly from um, the African-American uh, community that deal with these uh, types of things. Um, so, you know, it is something that could possibly be very helpful to a lot of people. So we're really Absolutely. interested in, um, you know, helping you to get connected, uh, to people. Are there a few things you would like to share? You can always, um, of course, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, just kind of share your uh, contact information or things like that for people to follow up. But, uh, while we're talking now, uh, are there a couple of things that you wanted to share? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, I'll give you my email address. Uh, this is not my primary email, but okay. uh, it is one that I check all the time. Okay. Um, it is D as in dog, M as in Miller, I as in indigo, L L E 20. So the number two, the number zero at Comcast.net. So D M I L L E 20 at Comcast, C O M C A S T dot N E T. Okay. And right. please, anyone out there, feel free to reach out to me about anything related to, uh, to renal failure. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but mm -hmm. uh, I've gone through the process of, of having a transplant. It does run in my family. And uh -huh. we'll talk about that if you like. It's called uh, autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease, or short um, uh, acronym for that is AD, um, uh, PKD, yeah. and, which just means that I have the genetic form of a disease which slowly takes uh, your kidney function away. And it does this by building uh, packs or um, uh, pouches, if you will, of fluid that kind of attach to the kidney. And mm -hmm. eventually it gets to the point where you have so many of these things that it sort of deforms the kidney and prevents mm -hmm. the kidney ultimately from, um, from, um, from filtering properly. Awesome. So it sort of slowly takes that functionality away. And there are blood tests that um, that the industry performs, okay. uh, which can detect if you have renal failure or some kind of renal disease. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that everyone probably knows about is your creatinine levels. Yes. Um, you'll find that um, if those levels uh, get down low enough, you, know, you have the different various stages, stage one, two, three, and four. Four is essentially end-stage uh, renal disease. And mm -hmm. Then at the very end of four is is what they call complete renal failure, yeah. and that's when a person has to uh, go on dialysis. Mm -hmm. And dialysis is an option to save your life, but mm -hmm. definitely not an option that you would like uh, oh. to be because it does. It for one, it doesn't filter out all the toxins in the body, yep. and two, it um, uh, it's a it's a very involved process where you probably have to be hooked up to this machine for three to four times a week. Yeah, so maybe a few hours at a time. Not um, a few hours could be two, three, or four hours, right? 
I unfortunately uh, I did not have to go through that particular uh, part of the process because I was able to get a transplant uh, <laughs> right before I had the need to go on dialysis. Wow! Yes. But then again, I've known about this my whole life, so I knew that this was coming, and mm-hmm. uh, I could say that I planned accordingly and did all the right things. But it was God, mm-hmm. you know, guiding me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if uh, you'd like to talk about, you know, more about the renal disease, I'd be glad to talk about that. And and also my experiences, um, and also how I feel that I can help others who may also be uh, going through this. But before we, if you do want to do that, one thing I want to mention was another doctor um, uh, uh, on the internet that I listen to a lot. His name is Gabe Merkin. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure if Dr. Gabe Merkin, G A B E M I R K I N, is still alive, but oh. someone is still running his, oh, yeah. you know sharing his information. Now I've listened to him for many, 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 many years. Okay. And uh, he's board certified or was board certified in a few different yeah. disciplines. And um, he, uh, he also sends out information on a monthly basis. Okay. And I would highly recommend uh, hmm. that, uh, that your audience uh, at least try to tune in to him as well. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I know people love to, you know, get information on a regular basis that they can digest and learn over time and things like that. And so I hear, heard you say you planned accordingly. So I assume that this was part of your planning that you did. Yeah. So there's a lot of research out there. Um, one uh, by, you know, going to the different hospitals and you'll find that each of your nephrologists, right. You know, they, they'll tell you something different, right. Okay. But uh, different in the form of sharing different types of information with you and educating you in a different way. Uh, it's not to say that I'm sure some are better than others, but mm-hmm. what I found is, um, is every time I talk to a different nephrologist, I get different bits of information, right. That are really, really helpful. Oh. And um, mm-hmm. I was registered at roughly five hospitals. Wow. Uh, so I had a chance to talk to, you know, five plus different teams in physicians and uh, and throughout that process, for many, many years of talking to these doctors, I was able to gain a lot of information about uh, renal failure. And mm-hmm. fortunately, I don't have the stats in front of me in terms of the amount of people in America that suffer from this. But you'll find that uh, it's a very complex, you know, um, uh, industry or area. And it hasn't always been favorable to people of color. Mm. And, um, I can explain that if you want, but <laughs> but um, depending on if you want to talk about that or not. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we we know that in our community, certain you know areas of life have you know been more impactful to us. So uh, certainly, you know, we definitely need to know where are the you know issues that we definitely need to pay attention to more so than others. Okay. So there is a an organization called UNOS, uh, stands for the United uh, Network for Organ Sharing, and they're sort of the um, uh, the governing body, if you will, uh, for uh, transplant uh, candidates across the United States, and 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 putting out regulations and things of that nature for how uh, people can be uh, tracked in terms of their lab numbers and and whatnot. They might do some other things too that I'm just unfamiliar with, but mm-hmm. um, there's been at least up until um, I think sometime last year, probably beginning to mid last year. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, uh, but there were certain ratings and indexes that um, would be created 
Um, I don't know why these indexes were ultimately created, but uh, they were known as EGFR or um, estimated something like estimated glomerular filtration rate. And okay. it's it's a it's a number or an index that's based off of a person's creatinine levels, right? I mentioned earlier that you know your creatinine levels are mm. pretty much the indication, you know, the industry standard indication for your kidney health. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we found, and what I didn't know until you reported this about a year or so ago, is that uh, there were different numbers for African Americans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you went to uh, a lab. You know, and I probably should mention the names of the labs, but everyone knows them. The real popular ones that are um, that are here that we all go to outside uh -huh. hospitals, even including the ones in the hospitals. Up until sometime last year, or recently, I should say, I can't remember the exact date. You were given two numbers. You were uh -huh. giving a EGFR number for an African American, and then you were given another uh, number for a non-African American. Oh, okay. And as I mentioned earlier. If you, uh, well, I didn't mention this specifically, but if your EGFR uh, was at level 20, uh, then, you know, it's a, it's a number that gets lower and lower and lower until you get completely into kidney failure. But okay. level 20 was pretty much the threshold for a person being considered for a kidney transplant. Okay. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, the EGFR for African-Americans was elevated higher than your non-African American number. Hmm. Oh. So, you know, so indirectly what that created was a situation where um, you were delayed, if you will, potentially delayed, I should say, getting mm -hmm. to the transplant list. Uh -huh. Yeah. And mm -hmm. others who didn't, who weren't classified as African Americans were able to get on that list before you. Mm. Uh, wow. So depending on how close you were to those 20s. So yeah. fortunately, uh, once again, I don't exactly, it was a year ago or a year and a half ago, but you know, mm. uh, forced these labs to stop reporting on the uh, EGFR value for African-Americans. Oh so God. now we're being treated just like everyone else. And then they gave these patients the ability to get adjustments, right, for the time that they potentially had lost, right, mm -hmm. for not being able to get on the kidney transplant list early. Okay. So if um, if you are close to renal failure, um, I would um, highly recommend that you um, you look into the UNOS ruling, and you contact you know um, your hospital, uh, or you look at your labs to see if you had ever been at twenty for a non African American. No, and okay. if you were, that would qualify you for getting a time adjustment for the for when you do get on the kidney transplant list. Mm, okay, that's very good. You're healthy enough. You don't lose. Yes. Yeah, it's um, you know, I'm not gonna go down this, you know, this rabbit hole of, mm -hmm. of racism and everything else, but it is something that you want to to be cognizant mm -hmm. of that yes. um, there is an option for you as an African American to get uh, uh, to, to to receive this benefit. Now, for the people, unfortunately, who we lost, you know, mm -hmm. nothing we can do about them, but uh, right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but it's good that you know about it, Louise. Okay. Well, you know, our ancestors, a lot of times they send us messages from heaven, you know, to help us with uh, things that we may not have found out without them being there. So, you know, so some one of, one of our ancestors may have led you to this information. Oh, so oh absolutely. God put it in my heart, Pamela, yes. right after my surgery that, you know, I need to be a voice, you know, to help mm -hmm. others. And, yes. and nothing's going to stop me from doing that. I've already talked to a few pastors. <laughs> and I want to go out to their churches and uh, I just want to share this message. 
Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one other thing that you can do in the process of doing this too is, especially if you're close to renal failure, there's a website called srtr.gov. And it's a website that will allow a person to do research on institutions across the United States and what their what the institution or hospital failure rates are, uh, how long the waiting lists are at these hospitals, wow. and um, and all sorts of other good statistical data. I like to kind of you know drive you know my business operations by metrics, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a site that kind of gives you everything and anything that you need regarding, in my opinion, at least regarding stats on uh, the performance of these hospitals and medical centers. Okay. So well, once again, it's srtr.org. Okay. Is it gov? Is it org? I think it's srtr.org. Give me a second and I'll double check that. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds Yes, it's good. srtr.org. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good to know is because I know that it's one of the hardest things. And actually, I, I do remember uh, before when people have called me and uh, and I'm not, I'm sure they didn't just call me, but people check around and they say, well, what do you consider to be the best hospital around here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was pretty much the way that people knew which hospital to go to, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and then some of them were known for, you know, maybe heart attacks. Some of them may have been known for, you know, emergency wound care, you know, just different things. And so, but this is uh, really good to know that there are some real stats out there where you can look at solid information about, you know, their historical performance. Absolutely. And and that's one uh, way that I was able to find uh, the hospital that I ultimately went at. Um, I'm not sure how deep you want to go down this rabbit hole, but the, um, you'll find that, depending on the blood type that a person is, that also has a direct correlation to uh, the amount of wait time that they might have to wait if and when they're eligible to get on the kidney transplant list. Wow. And I say that for, and that doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, what ethnicity that you come from. And I say mm-hmm. that because if uh, your blood type O, uh, the good thing about blood type O is that I can give my organs as a blood type O patient to anyone. And however, I can only receive an organ from another person who's also a blood type O. Um, Now, there are some other um, uh, programs um, that a person can take advantage of, and it's called a parrot exchange, I believe, uh, where you can receive tokens uh, for someone who might want to help you, who's not compatible with you, Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately get into this, this network, if you will, as a living donor. And um, and then the system will find someone else who's in the same boat or another couple who's in the same boat. Mm. And the person in that relationship can help you. Then we'll do what they call a paired exchange and you'll kind of, you know, you know, switch things out accordingly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but ultimately, um, just looking at and it is possible uh, because science has progressed, you know, a little bit, um, a lot, I should say, in the mm-hmm. In, in the last 10 years or so, yes. it is ultimately still possible to receive an organ from um, uh, from a different blood type, I believe. Okay. That. However, it's a very risky situation and mm. medications and things are involved and, yes. and it's, yeah. just, uh, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not a path, in my opinion, that you probably want to take advantage of. Once again, I'm not a doctor here, right? This is yeah, I'm really saying. <laughs> to some yeah. of the things that you know I'm vaguely familiar with. Uh, but, uh, but if you're a blood type A or AB or whatever, you know, you know, ultimately you can receive 
um, 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 an organ from someone of your blood type as well as someone from the O family. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so being an O, um, you have a few disadvantages there if you're the recipient, at least you, mm -hmm. if you're looking for an organ. Yes. Uh, but uh, that's not to be discouraged because mm -hmm. it does still happen. You just you just push back on the list by quite a few years. Okay. Which, uh. is, which is one of the reasons why I signed up where I went to the srtr.org uh, website. Mm -hmm. Able to find, and I'll say the name of this hospital, it was called the University of Toledo Medical Center. Mm -hmm. It's in Toledo, Ohio. And they're a, a institution that uh, specializes in, I guess you can call them high-risk transplants, which just means that they will use organs that many other hospitals might pass over on, right? Mm, okay. And, and it's not because necessarily because the organs are bad organs, mm -hmm. uh, but it's you know really because other hospitals, for one reason or another, are just looking for, you know, this, you know, you know this is me saying this, right? I have no proof that this is the case. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe some of the other hospitals are just looking for uh, perfect matching organs that um, that uh, that would help their statistics, right? You know, help their oh. success rates and things of that nature. And they want to be safer. You know, everybody wants yeah. to take the safer route if they can. That's right. So yeah. that's understandable. But it is good to know that there's someone out there that says, okay, well, the people who, you know, can't wait until the safe you know, bet comes along for them, need help now, then they're, right. you know, as an alternative and as a resource to help those people that's who, right. you know, just may not have as many options as some of the other ones. So that's, that's good yeah. to know. And the mm -hmm. University of Toledo Medical Center, they've had a very high success rate. Okay. Um, so it works, right? Oh, wonderful. And, Mm -hmm. And it, um, here it is. I have a transplant today and I'm doing just fine. My creatinine levels are, are shooting straight up again. Ooh, and yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I am, and I'm feeling well. So, oh, yeah. well, you sound good. All right. That's I'm going down. The, um, so it's, it's, I would just say, yeah, look into that. Um, and I, and I'm, I can tell you that I went, it's a very, I went through a, an exceptionally well experienced there, um, mm -hmm. professions, they do this all the time. And from what I was told, um, uh, the list that, uh, that this hospital, at least the region that this hospital is part of, uh, they're one of the few regions that actually clear their list every year. Oh, okay. Um, something like, you know, 300 to 400 or so transplants. And you'll find that most other transplant um, lists around the nation don't mm -hmm. have breaks anywhere near that. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. It's really, really good information. I'm sure it's going to be a blessing to somebody somewhere. And so uh, one of the things that this kind of still kind of reminds me of too, um, you know, when you mentioned about you did your, you know, preparation, you're planning, your research and things like that. You know, that's my background. That's what I do for a living is kind of help people with their, you know, planning and preparation as a uh, performance consultant. And you even mentioned that word a couple of times. And so it just reminded me of, um, you know, from a health perspective, one of the things that I had to make an adjustment for my life uh, was um, kind of learning more about plant-based um, nutrition, 
Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, some people love it. And then there are other people who, you know, are not really into it at all. <laughs> and, um, you know, some people love to, you know, the idea of being a vegan. And then there are some people who are like, absolutely not for me. So I understand. And so I um, have, uh, you know, taken what I, you know, what I think benefits me from, you know, this particular nutritional plan and that particular one and, you know, just kind of made it for myself. And um, so uh, one of the doctors, again, that I mentioned previously was uh, Dr. Gundry. Uh, Some of the other ones, uh, of course, you know, I've loved uh, Dr. Oz, too. He's taught me a whole lot. Dr. Ian Smith, who hosts the Doctor's TV show, and that was wonderful to see an African American man hosting a show like that. He was—he's the first one to even be a, a solo host on there. So, you know, that was very positive. You know, because in our community, you know, things like that—you know—they really do make a difference. I know some people can't relate to it, but you know, it's almost like in any family when you have the first person to go to college, how everybody's so excited and they feel like it's such an achievement for the family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so in our community, when we we have the first this or the first that or, you know, some kinds of uh, thing to celebrate, then to us is very special. And so, um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, they um, mentioned too, uh, you know, just about, um, you know, kind of being uh, plant-based, uh, you know, really does kind of help from a, a health perspective because I helped to take care of my mom for several years. So I had to learn it for myself. So are there any um, particular, you know, things that you had to change, uh, you know, with regards to your, you know, day-to-day, you know, nutritional approach to, uh, as part of your preparation for that date that you knew that was coming and the things that you knew that were, you know, coming with regards to your health? Oh, that's, that's an excellent question, Pamela. And, and the answer is absolutely yes. Um, mm-hmm. You'll find that um, kidney disease causes all sorts of other problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all know about the swelling of your extremities, especially you know, around the ankles. Um, we, we know about the, the risk factors of high blood pressure, where kidney disease also plays a direct role into that. Um, mm-hmm. If you have high blood pressure, it hurts the kidneys. And then ha- having bad kidneys also induces high blood pressure, right? You know, it's, it's just one of these, you know, circular type, you know, uh, things, and it's kind of hard to get off of that. So it's really mm-hmm. important to watch your sodium intake, you know, of all things. I know as African-Americans, we have a tendency to eat a lot of, you know, salty, starchy type foods. And um, yeah, you really want to be, especially fried foods and things of that nature and triglycerides, you really want to be really, really careful um, about, uh, about ingesting these things, especially if you have kidney disease. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that, uh, you, you know, that we always need to be careful about is diabetes, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. which also, you know, kind of runs high in our, in our community. Yes. And the, the bad thing about having renal disease is if you're, you know, blessed to, uh, to ultimately get a transplant, the medications that they put you on for anti-rejection, uh, meds also bring on diabetes. Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah, no. potentially. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's really, really good to be as healthy as you can uh, yeah. going into these surgeries, um, because on the back side, you know, things could get really, really tricky for you. And if you get diabetes while you're trying to protect a new organ that you have 
it's just in increases the risk, you know, you know, exponentially. And mm -hmm. one thing you don't want to do is get to a situation where you lose the kidneys because of diabetes, mm -hmm. right? uh -huh. which, is, which is always an option or, okay. or possible, I should say. Yes. And, and the one thing I was also reminded of is uh, I talked to one of the surgeons at uh, one of the, yeah, one of the renal surgeons before I had my procedure. And he reminded me of the importance of not having a big belly, right? Mm. Because what happens, you know, I've always thought that, well, you know, for kidney transplant, they just go through the back, right? Because no, no, they actually go through your stomach. Oh, wow. And the bigger the stomach that you have, the, the more risk, right, um, in terms of healing. Uh, that comes into play. It also just makes the procedure a little bit more difficult because you have some Ooh. material to get through. So trying to be as healthy as you can. You mentioned about the diet earlier. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's really, really important, especially for men. You don't have that big belly there because they go through your belly. And mm -hmm. and typically, unless you're um, unless the kidneys that you were born with are uh, have gone rancid or something, they, they're going to leave those in. They're just going to give you a third kidney. And uh, they're going to put it, uh, they're going to go through the stomach and put it right there, sort of in your, in your pelvic region area. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's, um, it's just really, really important to keep your weight down and different hospitals have different, um, have different thresholds uh, about BMI, you know, body mass index. Uh -huh. But if a, if a person is like around 35 or 34 BMI, some hospitals won't even do the procedure. Wow. So it's, um. And that's the last thing that you want is to be in a dire straight situation where you need a new kidney yes. and you're overweight. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no one's going to give you that kidney. Mm -hmm. and so, um, you just don't want to be in that boat. So try to be as healthy as you can. Please watch your diets. You'll find that uh, there are a lot of foods out there that are just, you know, not good for us. And uh, we can talk all day about preservatives and yeah. And different, you know, artificial sweeteners, which are just absolutely terrible for you. But uh, one thing I want to mention too: there's an app that I found recently. It's called Yuka, Y-U-K-A, oh. and I have it um, on my cell phone. And when I go to grocery stores, anything that has a barcode on it, you can use this app and scan that barcode, and it will tell you if it's a hazardous food or if it's a a bad food or if it's a good. Food. Okay, and I find it extremely useful when I go to these when I go to these grocery stores, and okay. it's it's literally like you work there. You just take mm. your, hold the camera up to the bar, uh -huh. gives you an immediate uh, response, and tells you all about that that product. Oh my goodness! And that's called Yuka Y U C A. Yeah, Y U K A. Oh, Y U K A. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's pretty interesting. Hmm, I have to check that out. And oh, that's that's probably worse for me because I'm already one of those people who are labor readers and be in the store for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I take, <tell> you, <laughs> yeah. And and Pam, it's great because it uh, it actually makes shopping fun, right? Mm -hmm. you know, yes. <laughs> and you'd be surprised the things that always I used to always buy these jalapeno peppers, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the ones that are in the jar, they're already pickled. And I thought, okay, how bad could that be? Well, I scanned this <laughs> thing and I was like, oh my goodness. Because it's full of preservatives like sodium bisonate, which causes cancer and all kinds of other things. You know, mm -hmm. And they do that to increase the shelf life. But wow. you know, it's just so bad for you. And you don't know it. You know? Right. Uh-huh. Wow, my goodness. Mm. Well, this is uh, a good tip right here. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing, too. Uh, did you happen to see the Super Bowl this weekend? Yes, I did. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish that I have two favorite teams. <laughs> and I've never been in a situation like this where I had the Baltimore Ravens 
and mm-hmm. Detroit Lions potentially going to, you know, going to the Super Bowl, potentially even playing each other. And mm. what were the chances for both teams losing? Well. <laughs> <laughs> right before, you know, <laughs> chance to go. And the Lions have never been to the Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ravens obviously won many, many, many uh, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago or something like that. But um, but the Lions had never been. So I was really looking forward to uh, to them doing something. But unfortunately, both of my favorite teams folded. Okay. Well, one of the reasons I thought about the Super Bowl was because Usher was performing. And uh, just like I mentioned about uh, Tony Robbins uh, being uh, one of Dr. Gundry's um, advocates of patience, then um, also, believe it or not, um, Usher was one of his uh, fans as well and used his um, nutritional program. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so when he pulled off his little shirt and everything and showed everybody's not about it. <laughs> I think I think I looked away at that time. <laughs> I think I looked harder. <laughs> and uh you notice that he was he had a flat stomach. And uh one of the things, you know, Dr. Gunjo, when he's playing, he tells people like he he helped uh, Kelly Clarkson to reverse her autoimmune disease, but um he also tells people, you know, that you can uh, focus on what to not eat, like you talked about this Yuka app, and that, and you won't even have to exercise if you you don't kind of get your u- nutritional plan correct. And so the reason why uh, Usher ended up going to him is because he was auditioning for the role to play Sugar Ray Leonard in the movie. And uh, Sugar Ray told him, "Man, you're too fat. You got too much fat on you. You can't play me. You're not. You're not qualified." Right. And so uh, 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 Usher was running around. He said he tried several different diet programs. And, you know, Usher has never been fat. Yeah. You know, so he but he had tried several different um, diet plans to get cut. And so um, somebody, he said, a friend of a friend told him about Dr. Gundry. So he tried it. And he was able to get cut, you know, the way that he needed to, to uh, be able to win the role of Sugar Ray Leonard. So he ended up reaching out to Dr. Gunder and say, hey, I know I don't know you, but I just want to let you know that your plan really helped me. And um, I was, uh, as a result, I was successful at getting a role to play Sugar Ray Leonard. And uh, so, you know, when you mentioned this about not having a big stomach, you know, I thought about that and I was like, man, this is another great reason for people to, yeah. you know, get that, that, that stomach. So um, what did you do uh, to, you know, uh, work on that part of it? Did you get an exercise plan or does it was it related to your nutritional plan? What did you do with regards to trying to manage that part yeah. of your In all honesty, it's a good question. Uh, I don't have a six pack yet, but I'm still working on it. Actually, you know, I did two things really. Um, one was, as you mentioned earlier, the diet, right? Cause diet is, is so, so important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I did uh, a basic principle of in and out. In other words, um, you know, do take less in than what you do in terms of burning calories and, and, and you know, and, 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 um, and trying to lose weight, which is exercise. Mm-hmm. And without running, I just do a lot of walking, right? You know, I, um, especially during the summer months here in Virginia, you know, the weather is very good, typically, actually most of the months throughout the year. And mm-hmm. I have a little path. It's like a three and a half mile path. I just kind of walk at about, about a three mile an hour pace for mm-hmm. the entire path. And, um, and you'll find that, you know, after about a week, <laughs> your energy mm-hmm. levels up, you know, especially if you're not helping down fast foods or anything like that. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and you will lose weight. That mm-hmm. coupled with drinking lots of water. I can't mm-hmm. stress that enough. Water yeah. is so, so, so important, especially to someone's renal disease. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And unless you're on dialysis, if you're on dialysis, then the whole ball game changes. You, you can't drink a lot of water. You have to monitor oh, your no. fluid intakes because no. you have to know how much you took in so they know how much to take out, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but if you're not on dialysis, you know, I can't stress enough about mm-hmm. this, uh, flushing those kidneys and drinking as much water as you possibly can. So for me, it was it was the uh, the water drinking, uh, the walking, and then watching my and watching the types of foods, right? Mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. mentioned the you know the plant based diets, and, mm-hmm. and I know I think we most of us will agree that you know consuming less you know animal protein and getting your protein from plants mm-hmm. is yeah. probably a very very good idea. Many people have talked about that, um, yeah. and, um, and I know Dr. Gundry talks about it a lot. And, mm-hmm. This thing is legumes, right? Legumes, 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 which, mm-hmm. is, which is another very important aspect of a good diet. Right. <laughs> Don't but, eat it. Uh, the other thing is, you know, some of these, you know, especially the things that you buy in the grocery stores that we call plant-based, um, you have to be real careful because, you know, the vast majority, if not all of them, are still processed foods. Yeah. And, I'm saying quite a few processed plant-based that's stuff. Right. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. So when we see these things, it's sort of like looking at something that says, you know, no sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's no natural sugars, but they have all these artificial sugars, which create other problems, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, true. Yeah. So we just have to be real careful about mm-hmm. about the things that we consume and, you know, educating ourselves mm-hmm. in a long way. You know, I can't mm-hmm. stress enough about, you know, about diet. And if you're, if you know how to prepare foods on your own, I highly recommend that you do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know exactly what's in them. Okay, we're good. Well, this is it has been um very educational and um very helpful. I'm sure somebody's going to be blessed by this information. And actually, you know, it's helpful to me too because I I think my my sodium uh, intake has been creeping up lately, and my water intake has been creeping down. So I really need to double back and you know get back on it. Uh, you know, when you're working all of the time, you have a tendency to kind of, you know, take the easy way out. Uh, oh, that is so true, Pam. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. And, you know, we're coming home retired mm-hmm. after a long day at work or something or being right. out and you see this fast food joint and you say, oh, y'all just get out of you know, <laughs> a quick, quick cheeseburger or something. Right, that's so <laughs> no, true. Yeah, do your best to hold off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I do a decent job of uh, like my meal planning, I plan my meals and I try to plan my snacks. But, you know, there are sometimes when the week just gets so hectic and you mess up and next thing you know, you know. And so that's one thing I, I do like about, uh, you know, Dr. Oz, Dr. Gundry and, and these other uh, people like that who do, you know, tell you like even like Dr. Gundry. One thing he that was comforting is that he said, well, do your best. You know, sometimes there is like sometimes he's been on vacation and he said, well, I just hate everything. You know, I didn't even worry about it until I got back home. And he said it took him about two weeks to reset. So that's the one of the things that's so important is that we have to realize that, you know, when you fall off the wagon, just get back on the wagon. Don't beat yourself up. Don't beat your spouse up or your child up or whoever it is that may have pushed you off the wagon or (laughs) fallen off the wagon with you or something like that. You know, don't beat anybody up. Just get off, 
you know, get off the ground, dust yourself up, get back on the wagon, you know, and keep going. You yeah, know, today is another day. Everybody has a new day every day. Yeah. It took us many, many years to get, you know, here and you're not going to get back overnight, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And so, uh, you know, that's that's the thing that's that's real important for us. So always, um, you know, something that's encouraging makes a difference in people's performance than something that's discouraging. So, you know, just, you know, stay encouraged and stay excited and stay hopeful. So and we thank you for helping with that. We really yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And again, if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, D-M-I-L-L-E 20 at comcast.net. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daryl Miller. So we thank you so very much. We appreciate you and we absolutely wish you the best. Okay. Thank you, Pam. Appreciate it. Have a great one. Same to you. Thank you for continuing to be a part of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast by Be Wealthy with Pamela LLC. Each episode is designed to please. Be sure to take swift action on what you have learned today and update your weekly wealth planner or your holistic plan workbook to receive your rewards of joyfulness. Feel free to leave your comments below or by contacting us at www.bewealthywithpamela.com. That's B-E, wealthy, with P-A-M-E-L-A. Com. Please subscribe, share, stay tuned, and let joy pursue you.